welcome to this Allen and Overy Brexit podcast. My name is Isabel Westbury and I'm an associate in our financial services regulatory group. On 29th of March 2019, the UK is expected to leave the EU. In the previous tranche of podcasts, we looked at the preparations that the UK government have been making, both in the event of a hard Brexit or, if political negotiations are successful, the implementation of the Article 50 withdrawal agreement. As the clock runs down, we have now turned to discussing the government's approach for a temporary permissions regime, or TPR, which will apply in the event of a hard Brexit. The TPR will enable European Economic Area, so EEA, firms and funds which passport into the UK to continue to operate if that passporting regime were to fall away abruptly on exit day. And a quick point to note, this podcast will be focusing on FCA authorised firms only, as there is a separate podcast for PRA authorised firms. Joining me today to discuss this absorbing topic is Victoria Ferris, a senior associate also in our financial services regulatory group. I guess the first question is, there's been a lot of talk about cliff edges for the financial services world on exit day, if there is a hard Brexit. Are we facing a cliff edge? And if not, who is in charge of making sure that we aren't? Thanks for easing me into the podcast with such a gentle question. It's true that on exit day, without the implementation of a withdrawal agreement, the passporting regime and treaty rights for EEA firms, as set out in the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000, or FISMA, uh, will fall away. EEA funds that are marketed into the UK will also be affected, as will non-UK central counterparties, which provide clearing services in the UK, known as CCPs, as well as electronic money and payment institutions. So the most recent draft of the withdrawal agreement contained provisions for a transition period that's intended to operate from the 29th of March 2019 to the 31st of December 2020, But this can't take effect until or if the agreement itself is implemented. So we need a plan B in case it isn't. And this plan B is the TPR for inbound passporting EEA firms and funds, which is expected to be in place for three years from exit day. And in terms of who's in charge, through the legislative framework the Treasury is putting in place, it is the UK's financial services regulators so the FCA, PRA and the Bank of England, who have the general power to implement and ensure a smooth and orderly authorisation or recognition process. And a quick warning to firms, these regulators expect and to an extent need proactive engagement with them during the TPR. All right, so no scary cliff edge, at least for EEA firms providing services to UK clients and counterparties. But which firms can actually use the TPR? Well, if it wasn't already, this is where it gets a little more complicated, as there isn't just one statutory instrument to cover all EEA-authorised firms, but a few, depending on which legislation a firm currently relies on to exercise its passport rights. First, we have the Passport Rights Regulations, which set out the design and structure of the TPR for both EEA firms, which passport under Schedule 3, and treaty firms under Schedule 4 of FISMA. These regulations were approved by Parliament on the 7th of November 2018. This will be relevant to both FCA and PRA-regulated firms, but again, in this podcast, we're focusing on FCA solo-regulated firms, 
PRA or dual regulated firms will be discussed on a separate podcast in this series. Then there are the electronic money and payments regulations, which create a TPR for payment and e-money institutions, which is similar to the passport rights regulations, but which will also be discussed on a separate podcast. EEA domiciled USIT schemes under the USIT directive and alternative investment funds under the AIFMD will also be captured by specific TPRs. Next, we have the central counterparties exit regulations, which were laid before Parliament on the 15th of November 2018. And these will create a temporary recognition regime, which will, amongst other things, reflect the Bank of England replacing ESMA in terms of recognising non-UK CCPs. And finally, it's worth mentioning the contractual continuity regime, which will allow firms to continue to perform activities necessary to serve as pre-existing contracts. Again, we produced a separate podcast on that topic. So, not complicated at all then. What are the key things that these SIs actually achieve? Well, without going into huge amounts of detail for each SI, if we take the passport rights regulations as an example, this will, as a first step, amend references to EEA passporting and treaty rights in FISMA. So quite a lot of red penning involved. And from a more practical perspective, it will ensure that firms at this stage do not need to apply for full authorisation in the UK or to vary their permissions if they have existing top-up permissions. Of course, this might still have to happen sometime in the future if and when the politicians negotiate a permanent post-Brexit passporting regime. The passport rights regulations are ultimately designed to minimise any Brexit manifested disruption by A, allowing firms to continue to carry out business as before, with the scope of a firm's permissions under the TPR mirroring the passporting permissions which it held before Brexit, B, giving firms appropriate time to prepare and submit applications for UK authorisation or variation of permission and to complete any necessary restructuring, and C, ensuring that the UK regulators can manage the expected slew of applications arriving at their door. Which brings me to my next question. What do the relevant authorised firms actually have to do to remain authorised under the TPR? Yeah, important question. Uh, The answer is definitely not nothing. To be eligible for entry into the TPR, firms must already be authorised to carry on regulated activities in the UK under the EU passporting regime. So for those firms that therefore qualify, both the FCA and PRA have published a direction which firms must use to notify the relevant regulator if they intend to obtain a deemed permission or variation of permission under the TPR. A TPR notification will need to be made, therefore, using the standardised form which is available via the FCA's online connect system. And here's the key bit. The submission must be made between the 7th of January and the 28th of March 2019, inclusive of both dates, i.e. by the day before exit day. And provided the firm makes a TPR notification within this period, it will be treated as an authorised firm in the UK during the TPR. And helpfully, details of firms which have entered the TPR will appear on the Financial Services Register. That's not really a very long window. I guess the good news is the form is quite straightforward. It even pre-populates a firm's existing permissions. The downside, however, is that firms cannot pick and choose which of their existing passports they will carry forward into the TPR. So going into the TPR is relatively easy, but what happens next? 
Okay, so after submission, firms will be given a period or a landing slot within which they need to submit their application for UK authorisation or for variation of permission for those firms which hold top-up permissions. It's actually a similar approach to that which the FCA adopted when it took over the regulation of consumer credit activities from the Office of Fair Trading in 2014. So many firms are going to be familiar with the concept. And it sounds too as though firms will have a bit of time to prepare their authorisation applications. This aside, what is the TPR going to cost for a firm? Well, upfront, ostensibly nothing. There's no specific notification fee, so no additional costs for a firm to notify the FCA or PRA of their intention to enter the TPR. However, once the TPR has been implemented, firms will be expected to pay periodic fees from the 2019-2020 fee year generally, on the same basis as UK firms. And for firms in the TPR that then exit the regime by applying for full UK authorisation, they'll have to pay authorisation fees based on those for UK applications. And of course, there will be compliance costs. Firms will need to consider the rule set which will apply to them in the TPR, which will look different to the rule set that currently applies to them as a passported firm. Yeah, that, that's right. And the FCA formally consulted, their words, not mine, on the rules which they proposed to apply during the TPR by issuing two consultation papers. We note, however, that these have both closed uh, and we are expecting the FCA to publish all consultation feedback and the final rules in early 2019, so essentially imminently. The first consultation paper was a more general one, setting out the FCA's proposals on how the TPR will work and how the rules will apply to Inscope firms. The second consultation dug a little deeper, addressing the application of specific rules through amending the FCA handbook and EU-derived binding technical standards. So these included rules relating to the senior managers and certification regime, the approved persons regime, and client assets, amongst other areas. So all pretty technical, but important that firms going into the TPR are aware of their obligations whilst within it, so a good chance to dust up on the labyrinth that is the FCA handbook. While the consultation is now closed, it is understood that there have been wide-ranging feedback from across the financial services industry, and without wanting to plug, Alan and Overy has been pretty active in its participation, for example. Correct, it has. And one thing firms should also note is that the purpose of the TPR is not to impose new rules by stealth, but to try and retain the status quo as much as possible during quite a tumultuous period with regards to UK legislation. In fact, the FCA has explicitly said that it has not proposed wider policy changes and they are absolutely not making other changes unrelated to Brexit. But because the FCA is effectively applying to firms in the TPR, those rules which apply today to third country firms, albeit with scope to disapply certain rules if they're considered unduly burdensome, firms will need to look at the rule set in detail. So there we have it, a scout's honour of sorts. One more thing I've been meaning to ask, we've discussed the frameworks in place to allow inbound EEA authorised firms to continue offering services in the UK. But what about the other way around? So UK authorised firms with passports into other EU member states? Ah, slight glitch here. 
Currently, I'm afraid there are no proposed EU-wide reciprocal arrangements for UK firms looking to continue doing business with EEA clients. Some EEA jurisdictions, however, are proposing local laws which would, temporarily at least, allow some continuity of market access for UK firms. Norway, for example, gets a gold star for passing a regulation on the 1st of January 2019. And we are, of course, tracking such developments across the EEA. And you may see a further podcast on this in due course. One more thing from me. What if an EU withdrawal agreement is actually agreed in time? Do we scrap a lot of this? Well, yes and no. The EU withdrawal agreement will implement a transition period until the 31st of December 2020, during which time EU law will remain applicable in the UK. This means that firms will continue to benefit from passporting rights between the UK and EEA. So in that case, problem solved, at least for the time being. However, depending on what happens during the transitional period, we may well be dusting off the TPR at the end of next year. Ah, great. Well, lots to contend with before we know. Best start planning. Yes, indeed. However, that's all we've got time for on this podcast. Thank you, Victoria, for that informative discussion. And remember, there are a number of other Alan and Overy Brexit podcasts, which between them cover all things Brexit in the financial services sector. So do listen to these as well. Otherwise, it's farewell from us as we wish you good luck and urge you to go forth and prepare for whatever might await us all. Thank you.